he knows he has a big dick and he's not going to be ashamed by it. Big dick energy. 100%. <laughs> like, he does not give a fuck. He just sits there and smirks. Like, he knows he has it. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Podcast. Today we have a great enemies to lover fake dating. And this is one that we didn't read before, but it worked out. But before we get into the book, Sav, how are you? I'm so good because I loved this book so much. And it was just everything I needed at the moment. We were at baseball on Saturday. My brother had like his thing and like all like everybody was in their chairs. I had like a little blanket thing. And I had to cover my Kindle <laughs> with it so nobody can see, like, all the spicy scenes. You see me, like, hunched over so people don't see it. It was very funny. I was reading a book on the middle seat. I somehow, with my Delta status, got put in a middle seat. So pissed. But I was reading, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't read this. <laughs> like, not in the middle seat. I, I have nowhere to go. I'm stuck. The other thing that I would like to share with everyone, if you know me, (laughs) if you know me, you need to skip ahead. This is not a story for you. I would like to read you a text that I had to send Emily at 6.25 p.m. last night. Currently live texting you from the bathroom with a butt plug stuck inside me and I'm too stressed to get it out because I could not relax. So I couldn't get it out. And I had never used a butt plug before, so I was stuck in there. And I, like, could not relax myself enough to just rip it out. No, Emily told me to yank it out. And I was like, I'm going to come yank something out of your ass and see how many my messages. I'm, I'm in class, and I see my messages pop up on my back. <laughs> There's, like, eight of us in this class. And it's dead silent. And I see Sash, like, I have a butt plug stuck. And I was like... It was tomato red. So I had to act because I was next to be called on. So I had to act like I did not just get this text from Sav and try to figure out how to get out. I literally was like, Sav, we're going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I can't get it out. I had never experimented with that before. And it was really fun in the beginning part, but the end part, having to take it out. I would not recommend. So if you're a regular butt plug user and you have a go-to technique, can you please share? Because now I'm traumatized and I don't know if I can do it again. That was probably one of the funniest moments ever. (laughs) The other thing too is that Seth was like, oh, I want to take a picture of it in, which like is fair in the moment. But then he didn't have his phone. So he sent it from my (laughs) This is going to pop up on your Amazon tablet. (laughs) he sent it from his to his phone from my phone so then this morning at 6 30 when I go to text him back it was (laughs) I literally was like oh my god that was so jarring (laughs) so I have been a whore (laughs) 24 hours and that's all I have to share I downloaded Hinge um, she did she did she's already been swiping no on people though so she's not <laughs> I 
have been swiping on people. I've matched with two people. We haven't started messaging yet. Um, there's a prompt, which I think it might be one of my favorite prompts. My best friend's take on why you should date me. And I think that is a good prompt because it takes like pressure off of like what you have to say. So I told Sav to make mine. Sav said, I'm not going to put the virgin hips part. In. So we, so Sav originally made one was like, she has great virgin hips that need to be broken into. She does. I mean, we all know that she has these brand new hips that have never been test driven. Like someone needs to test drive the hips. But I did make my profile. So that is live. Um, if you read the book, um, how not to die alone and your um, deadline is coming up, get to it. Um, I did teach my first college class yesterday. Woo! I felt like such a professional. One of our friends, Jasmine, she put hot professor trope under my Instagram. <laughs> That's a great comment. But other than that, I feel like I moved to London. I don't know if it's always raining where you guys are, but it has not stopped raining in Atlanta. I don't know what the colors like blue sky looks like anymore. I went to Penn State for the first time, which was really fun and like had a work trip this weekend. And, you know, as I'm traveling to the Northeast, I'm like scoping out places for Emily to live. It was I would not recommend it. Not as many hotties as the Syracuse airport. So I think that that's an important thing to note. Yeah, so he cut out Pennsylvania. (laughs) especially it was in like the Amish country like boonies and I was like nope we're not we're not moving here not for us but thanks Sav you have been going on a bender you're on a bender I am on and I am indeed (laughs) on a bender so if you've been watching my Instagram highlight I'm I've been very accomplished everything's on Goodreads and also my Instagram highlight is up to date so if you want to know what I've been reading and what my reviews are feel free to go there I finally read Flawless by Elsie Silver, and this is the book that, like, took TikTok by storm. It is Sexy Bull Rider, which, you know, I didn't think that I would be into at the time, but it was very good, so I would recommend that. Then, listen to this. Fans of Sophie Larkin Kingsmakers are going to love this shit. Okay, so Destroy Me by Michelle Hurd is the first book in a series that has a school like Kingsmakers. Going to Goodreads, going to Goodreads. And the next one comes out, I think, at some point in February. So there's only one out right now. We'll have another one. Perfection. I loved everything about this. I liked it actually more than Kingsmakers because they're all from rival families and like rival gangs and the only rules that you can't kill while you're at school, but you can still like fuck with people. And so there was more drama and they're all wealthier, so they get, like, nice sweets and stuff. They're not, like, stuck in the middle of nowhere in, like, this little twin bed. So go to Goodreads ASAP. Download that one. And then I read this duet that has fucked me up on a very deep level, and I have not stopped thinking about it. It's probably together, like, as a duet, my favorite duet that I have ever read you can't read the first or second one without the other. Like they're very dependent on each other in the storyline, but, and it's a stepbrother romance. (laughs) I didn't know this. Okay. Like I've been on this big stepbrother and it was unintentional. I swear. But basically the first book is she's 17. He's 19. 
and their parents get together and there's a lot of drama second book is like a continuation of the story same character same storyline same same everything but it's four years later it was so fucking good cannot give enough stars loved it first one was only like one or two peppers second one was like a solid two and a half peppers I don't even know what I want to read next. I think that you should read this duet because I'm so obsessed. No, you should read Destroy Me. The mafia boarding school situation is like, does that exist somewhere? Like, where do we where do we get the ideas for this? So I'm reading right now. So I finished the book that we're talking about today. Five stars. Absolutely loved it. And I'm reading Even If It Hurts, which is a bully romance. And I understand we read Vicious god and that like do you consider those books to be bully romance vicious is a little bully but it's not so much that it's like painful so like in this book like they're like they're just like cruel to her and Even like it hurts where have i heard of this before and so this is the one that is dedicated to jacob alordi because of nate jacobs oh okay. i'm halfway through and i like it but I just know that my heart, it's going to be shattered into a million pieces soon. But I think after I finish this book, I'm going to dive in to the promises and pomegranates, like that whole realm. Because not only did our friend Jasmine convince me, I saw a comment that was like, hunting and hunting Adeline meets mafia. That's all I needed. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've only read the first and the last one of that. I ordered all six hard coffee. They're coming tomorrow. Oh, okay. So she's going on a bender. <laughs> I'm going, I, I water. So I think it's so I have those six to read and I still have six books from a Rena Kent series to read. So I've, I'm, I have to just map it out. For those of y'all who have been here for a while and know that my mother-in-law is like a big Rena Kent fan, which is so funny. She texted me last weekend. Let me find the text. <laughs> She must have made it to the end of Rena Kent. Like she's read every book <laughs> and Rena Kent's entire discography. And so she texted me and said, Oh no, all caps, lots of O's. It's a three-book series, and the next one doesn't come out until March. Oh, is this the Monsters trilogy? The <laughs> new one? <laughs> yeah, the new trilogy that she just did. I saw the new one came out in January, but I was like, I'm not even touching these until all like the other two come out because. Her trilogies and in massive cliffhangers. Well, Judy is currently suffering from a book hangover because she definitely did not know that the next one wasn't out yet. And I think she's read every Rena Kent book there is to read. Has, she read, has she read LJ? Yeah, she read all the LJ books. She started at LJ and then she went to Rena. And she's like, do you have any recommendations? And I was like, girl, there's a lot of people in between LJ and Rena. But after <laughs> Rena, I don't know that I have much for you. Yeah, I don't think I could ever have a conversation with Judy if she has read The Sinner and <laughs> The Ritual. Like, I just don't know. But I feel like after Rena, you'd go into, like, Chantel almost. You'd have to. Like, what else? you have there? to. Someone DM'd us on Instagram and said that we should read The Sinner. And I was like, oh, you must not listen because I read her licking the cum off the floor on page one and a half. And I was like, nope, <laughs> this isn't for me at this time. It was right around Christmas. I was trying to be holly jolly. <laughs> it was just not my copy. And we all know I have the hard copy of Sitter that has been read. 
All right. Well, enough of our book reading recap. We're going to get into this week's episode because I think I could talk about this book forever. But before we do, let's talk about Aaron Hawkins, who's our author for this week, who is also a new author to both of us. So we love reading someone new. Aaron Hawkins lives in Colorado with her husband and three young children. She enjoys reading, running, spending time in the mountains, reality TV, and brunch that lasts all day. Books by Hawkins include Not in the Plans and Best Laid Plans. And today we will be discussing Reluctantly Yours, which is the first book in the Unexpectedly in Love series. We do not have a dedication this week, unfortunately. Bummer. I'm dedicating this to you in hopes that you find a Barrett on Hinge soon. Yeah, I really want a man man that's like Barrett. Takes you out of your comfort zone. Oh, so obsessed with him. All right, let's get into the plot review. Chloe is trying to make it in New York as a book editor, but for now, her job as the assistant of Joanna St. Clair, CEO of St. Clair Press, will do. She's ready to impress her hometown friends by hosting a lavish bachelorette party in the city, but when the venue cancels her reservation, she has to sneak into Joanna's apartment to host her friends. Her plan is going just fine until Barrett, Joanna's son and business robot, catches her and threatens to rat her out unless she agrees to go on a date as his fake girlfriend. In Barrett's quest to solidify his father's company back at the top of the game, St. Clair Media, to its former glory, he never expected he'd need a fake girlfriend to close his business deals. What's worse, though, is that he never expected to fall for said fake girlfriend. Our tropes include enemies to lovers, fake dating, forced proximity. Every book I've read this month has had forced proximity, and I'm eating it up. Listen, the, I legitimately had butterflies. Like the butterflies that this book gave me, I texted Sab. I was like, I am having butterflies. Him buying Wordle so he would win so that he could go down on her. Good fucking buy. This book was the perfect balance of enemies to lovers. And the author did like such a good job mixing this in with the dating of convenience trope. Like I just think it flowed so well. Great banter. It had plot. Great side characters. There are two things that I love in a book, and this book had it. When the man is livid about where the woman lives, it was like, oh, no, you're coming with me. And Barrett did that, and then he literally – and I think he was more ticked off about her sharing a bathroom with another man than the living conditions, but he had security installed. He had the whole entire building renovated. And second is when the woman gets mad at the man and gets a dog. This also happens in Fake Empire, which I love. Not only was Barrett the perfect character, but I also really enjoyed Chloe's character. And it was really admirable to see how passionate she is about reading and like getting kids access to books. And I love the winery date. I think that is like an ideal date to have. I think it was just very cute and wholesome. And like Chloe was able to like relax. Like I feel... Like, I could, like, relate to Chloe for a lot of things. And it was just so wholesome. Some of my favorite parts of this book, he was always so distracted about whatever she was wearing. It was so funny. If she was showing an ounce of skin. Like, when they were playing tennis, he literally zipped it all the way. Like, he put um, his, like, sweater over her and, like, zipped it all the way, like, past her mouth. He's like, okay, now we can focus. When they finally get together, she says, do I have to keep wearing the tennis outfits? And he says, only in the bedroom. <laughs> I she, love him. She would have like a set, like a like a cameo short set and a cardigan. And he'd be like, 
what the fuck are you wearing? Like, I he can't be outside the up. bedroom. Yeah, she's wearing a silk, like, lounge set. He sends her up from dinner. He's like, I can't fucking, I can't handle you in this outfit. You have to change. Like, he was getting so angry. Um, she has always wanted to be out, like, go out of the country. She even bought, like, a passport um, when she became 18 to be able to go, and she was never able to. He takes her to Paris on a date, leaves at 10 p.m. at night, charters a flight to go to Paris and they do the whole tour and they get to their hotel and she's like, Barrett, come look at the view. And he was like, the view looks great from here. Cause she's the view. Crying my way through this book. He's so fucking cute. And so when they meet at, when he finds out that she's throwing the party at um, his mom's house, she tells him, Hey, we're, like we're going to the club. Like we won't be like long. They get to the club. He not only gets them into VIP, he sends them bottle service and it says be safe from B and this is the thing if my future husband does not say this so they finally could join bedrooms they don't sleep in their separate bedroom she falls asleep in his arms and he was like the sound of her breathing is the best soundtrack like that's the soundtrack i want to fall to like fall asleep to every night i'm so in love with him (laughs) and that gonna we'll get to the spice later but like then he is like a king in the sheets and then he treats her like this out of the sheets. And I know we've said this, but like, this is the ideal situation. Truly. Five stars. Loved it. Loved it. I also gave it five stars. I am in love with Barrett St. Clair. I love a man who falls first. And like, truly, he sends bottle service to the club. I don't know, 15 pages in. <laughs> so obsessed with her. And I, I just eat it up every time. I always struggle I feel like in books like this with the female main character but I actually really liked Chloe she was so funny like her POV just made me giggle the whole time because for the first half of the book she's like rambling about how robotic and weird Barrett is and she's like do robots have feelings like what is he doing can robots open the door like it's just so funny her internal monologue but she was also really brilliant so I love so much when a dual POV book like makes you feel their personalities. And I felt like that with both points of view and love that so much. She also just never gave up on herself, which I was really into. And I'm just a sucker at the end of the day for fake dating. It never gets old. Enemies to lovers, fake dating is my favorite trope of all time. Put it on my headstone. Like I'm just so obsessed with it. Listen, I'm an avid Wordle player. I play every morning. The fucking Wordle had me on my knees, okay? All I want is for a man to be so obsessed with me that he buys the Wordle and manipulates the words and cheats so that he can eat my pussy every night. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm so obsessed. And I love the fact that, because she's playing the Wordle in the car. They call it Word in the book, but like, obviously it's the Wordle. She's playing the Wordle in the car and at the beginning of the book, And he's like, wow, like, I should buy this. That's a really good business venture. So he does it from a sense of like, I don't know, he's brilliant. She's brilliant. But then it like merges together in their relationship. And I was just, I was into it on my knees. Part of their arrangement is that she gets a wish for each week. And all the wishes are about him. Like, one of them was that he smiles more. BJ for Barrett is my personal favorite line from the whole book. Barrett goes to the fundraiser. Barrett lets me get a dog. So it's just like, like all the wishes were about him. They were so in love with each other. It was so wholesome. Like they really like, they just wanted the best for each other. 
truly so wholesome and then I mean we're gonna get to spice but like this man was filthy like it we would be on your knees because it's so wholesome and cute and then the next like he said cunt regularly so sure did okay a couple of my favorite cutesy quotes Emily talks about something like this but he says it again like this man is obsessed she looks around her oblivious to the idea that in a place like Paris where everywhere you look the architecture and sights are breathtaking. It's her. I can't take my eyes off. <laughs> he says, I'm never going to be easygoing, but that's not what Chloe needs. She needs someone to challenge her, encourage her, push her to be even more amazing than she already is. And I want to be that guy. Like, yes, yeah, Barrett, we love that for you. You be that guy. And then my personal favorite line and story of this whole entire book so he straight up moves her into apartment, into his apartment. Emily said this. She's sharing a bathroom with a man down the hall. It's decrepit. Like when they're in her apartment for a brief period of time, someone slams the door and like dust comes from the ceiling. And so he's like, no, fuck this. So he gets the entire building completely renovated, like up to date locks, new paint, making sure everything is safe and secure. And he moves her into his apartment under the guise that he's updating it for her to go back. Well, she's not ever going back, right? And he knows this. And so once it's done, she's still in his apartment and something gets dropped off at her place. So she has to go look at it and she sees that it's updated and she's pissed that he'd never told her it was done. And she says, well, when were you going to tell me that the updates were done and I could go back home? And he says, never. (laughs) She says, are you fucking kidding me? Basically. And then he says, Eventually, when the kids ask about your first place in the city and it reminds you that you used to live somewhere else. <laughs> just, like, if a man said that to you, what would you do? Like, I was giggling and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so in love with you. I love him. And I know this one we um, didn't mention. It's kind of about Spice, kind of not. They kept walking into each other, like into the bathrooms while the, like, the other one was masturbating. Oh. Yes. So in the Hampton, so, you know, he tried, they do the fade dating to impress Fred to be able to, so he could buy the company. And so they go to the Hamptons because Fred and Frankie want them to come. Frankie has an allergic reaction to her lip injections. So it's just Chloe, the dog and Barrett and like the housekeeper. And they're in one bed because they still have to act like they're in a co-relationship in case the housekeeper talks to Fred. So one bed, one bathroom. And it's just so funny because, like, the sexual tension is building and then it just, poof, it just collapses. No, I mean, we have to get into the spice because I want to talk about this whole situation. So he is masturbating in the shower. She walks in, steam, I mean, set the scene, steam all in the bathroom. (laughs) It's, like, foggy. It's humid. He's masturbating, looks her in the eyeballs, comes and says her name. Yep. Like, are like, you fucking like kidding? He, he knows he has a big dick and he's not going to be ashamed by it. Big dick energy. 100%. <laughs> like, he does not give a fuck. He just sits there and smirks. Like, he knows he has it. I gave this a solid two and a half peppers. How many peppers did you give it? I gave it two and a half as well. Just mm, so good. Y'all know I love embarrassing. Well, I think I like one of the I can like relate to. Like we're both like inexperienced, like shy, like when it comes to sex. Before we get into the mirror scene, so they like start like hooking up because like they made the bet with the wordle, 
And he says that, like, he wants her to ride his face. And Chloe's like, what do you mean? I'm going to suffocate you. And he said, I want to look up and see your gorgeous tits above me while I fuck your sweet cut with my tongue. And so she, like, rises up there, but she's, like, getting, like, a leg workout because she's so afraid to suffocate him. And he's like, Chloe, stop hovering. Sit on my face and let me take care of you. Let me take care of you. And then we get into the mirror scene. So they're in Paris. They're having sex. And he says, due to a perfectly placed mirror on the back of the bathroom door, not only do I get the pleasure of watching Chloe's breast bounce with each thrust, but I can also see my cock sliding through her wet folds. He looks at Chloe. He turns her around so she can see them having sex in the mirror. And he says, see how perfect you look taking my cock. How much your sweet pussy loves following me up. And then Barrett goes, I love taking care of her like this, touching her every inch of her body, hearing her moans and feeling her pulse around me as she comes. I never want it to end. Barrett is so hot. (laughs) Like, I really cannot. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. The thing is, like, once you have sex, like, once you have a Barrett, like, you can't move on to somebody else. You can't. You can't. This is true. You can't. He said folds, and I still thought it was hot. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That reached a different level of attractive, is if you can pull off saying the words folds to me in the bedroom, and I'm still into it. And, not, like, not only does he care about her outside the bedroom, but, like, he wants her to, like, be taken care of in the bedroom. So hot. So hot. My personal favorite, I have a couple of things I'd like to discuss. Yep. My personal favorite, it's funny because Emily and I both highlighted this, (laughs) but she goes and gets her nails done and he says, I love the nail color. It will look good against the sheets when I have your hands pinned over your head. Casually. He casually drops this to her when she's in his office. Sir. I am letting you guys know that is a quote talked about like there's books that you let your future significant other read for education reluctantly yours is on that list of books that they have to read agreed agreed this is an educational opportunity so- for men. solely for this quote but <laughs> for a lot of other reasons too I think the hottest thing a guy can say is when you get your nails done has this ever happened to you I hope so you get your nails done you send him a pic and he says that those will look great wrapped around my cock has that ever happened to you Sam, which man is my fast life would have ever said that? All right. Well, I hope it happens for you. Honestly, I should put that in the hinge, what my BFF says about me. I'm going to be like, here are some tips of things you should say to Emily. Number one. Okay. If Barrett was on death row, his last meal would be to go down on Chloe. And I honestly like just love the chivalry of that. Like, chivalry isn't dead. It actually is very much alive in Barrett, and I love that for us. I want to talk about the Wordle debacle. So I, I mentioned this a little bit up up in the plot review, but the, the spicy version of it is that he buys Wordle, and then he goes into a bet with Chloe, because she loves, she plays Wordle every day. And he says, I bet I can beat you. Whoever gets it done fastest and as few tries as possible, gets to go down on the other. That's the bet that they enter. And she's like, oh, I got the shit in the bag. Well, she doesn't know that he fucking bought the wordle. <laughs> so for a week, she tries to beat him at it, and she can't because he knows the fucking words because he bought the wordle app. And so for a week, he purposefully picks the words, 
so that he can go down on her every night. He, She's not allowed to reciprocate. That's the deal. And he comes home. They play Wordle. He eats her pussy. They eat dinner. They go to bed. <laughs> that's honestly, that's my dream evening. <laughs> it wasn't like I mentioned that with the Wordle is, spoiler alert, but he does propose to her. And leading up to the proposal, like the Wordle of the day, like one, it's Mary. And then I think like like, leads up to the proposal and he acts all like coy, like, oh, like he doesn't pick the word as like the owner of the company, but like we know he does. Picks the word every day just when it's convenient for him because during the pussy eating wordle competition, one of the words is moist and she's like, this is a coincidence, right? Like, what do you fucking mean? I think it's like moist cream. Like they're all like sexually innuendo words. And so this leads into Chloe getting pissed the fuck off that she's losing at the Wordle every day. And this is when we get BJ for Barrett on the wish list. So she marches her ass over to his office and says, I'm sick of losing to you. I want to give you a blowjob. Like, I want to reciprocate. And you can't do anything back to me. So I'm putting BJ for Barrett on my wish list. So she gives him head in his office He says, I'm going to get nothing done for the rest of the day. All I'll be able to think about is how fucking good it feels with your perfect map wrapped around me. And then they talk about the Wordle and he's like, yeah, obviously I cheated. Maybe I did cheat with Wordit. Maybe after I tasted this sweet little cunt, I knew I had to win. I had to have you again and again. Would you blame me? (gasps) No, I would not. I just have no words. I have no words. This book took me by a storm. It took me by surprise. And I loved it so much. Like, I thought maybe it'd be a little steamy, but the level of wholesome and sweet and the level of spice that we get is just the perfect combination. Like, I have no, no requests, no feedback for the author other than that it was perfection yeah I absolutely loved it I love the club like I like that they played the tennis together like they still try to do activities that they both liked and so and I absolutely love the study like it was just they just had like a nice like cozy like relationship going on and I also love that when she pulls up to his brownstone in New York for the first time and sees all the windows she's like oh this place would be beautiful at Christmas with like a big tree right here and all the lights and then at the end, like in the epilogue, she gets her tree and she gets all the lights. They decorated it. And like when they, they have the dog and he comes home late from work and the dog meets him at the door and he's like, Barrett tells the dog, where's our girl? Like, I'm just like done like, for. Fucking <laughs> like I'm done for. I'm just really in love. And that's all that matters with Barrett St. Clair. Yep. Okay, so we're going to get into discussion questions. So the first and second one kind of like go hand in hand with each other because it does lead to the third stage breakup. But Zad, if you were in Barrett's position, would you have told Fred right away about Frankie? No, I don't think I would have. I think that I am very much on the in the camp of it is okay to omit something or like tell little white lies to people if it saves their feelings and he did it when it mattered you know what I'm saying like he couldn't consciously let 
let them get married knowing that she had been cheating. But like, no, why would you do that in the middle of a business deal? It's not a good business practice. And also like, he doesn't owe Fred anything. And we're like putting way too much emphasis on this relationship that like, they're not friends. I don't know. I, this pissed me off. What about you? I was really upset. And I was like, this is what leads to the third stage breakup because I don't think if I was in Bear's position, I would not have told Fred right away. Like, that's not my business. Like, I'm not trying to like, that's not like, and the thing is like, how awkward would it be if Barrett went to Fred and Fred was like, yeah, I know. Like, it would just be like, I just think that it would just be like, you kind of just got to mind your own P's and Q's. But if Fred comes up and like asks you, then you can kind of be like, I heard rumblings, da, da, da. But for Chloe to get mad at Barrett over not telling Fred, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Because at the end of the day, neither of them really liked Fred or Frankie. Like, they both thought that they were annoying. It's like, why are you acting like these are your besties? And she was like, if you lied to me about this and didn't tell me about this, like, what else will you lie to me? Like, she had her fundraiser. She had so much going on that, like, Barrett was like, well, there was no need to tell you and to add, like, added stress and pressure on you. Like, like you said about like the lies, he was like, I will only admit things if I knew that it wouldn't, like it would cause more, like it, if it's not beneficial. And so I was like, Chloe, girl, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. When I was reading this third stage breakup, I'm not going to lie. I was so mad, like almost to the point of like, is this a joke? Because what the fuck? Like it was so unwarranted and I thought it was a little stupid and a little immature to end a really good relationship because of one thing that like, I don't even think is a non-negotiable. He didn't lie to you about something that pertains to you or even someone that you really like. Yeah. And like Bear has like already mentioned that he doesn't really like to gossip. He doesn't really like to get into that, like into that stuff. So like he didn't want to run home and be like, oh my gosh. Guess I said yeah. that's just not like that's just not who Barrett is. So I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. And, the and thing she is, just painted it out to make him like a bad guy. And, and I don't think that's fair. He proved no. to her every day that he was not a bad guy. Not a bad guy. And the thing is, their relationship started off on an unethical lie. Ooh. So I was like, Chloe, girl, you can't get mad. I was so team Barrett throughout this whole third stage breakup. 100%. And the third stage breakup went on for like months. Like it was a while. Yeah. I was and just I just think it's bullshit. It should have never happened. And it pisses me off that it had to. And he was so respectful and gave her so much space over something that was so fucking stupid. Yeah. And like the thing is like she was always so hung up on like, oh, he'll go show the video. Oh, he'll go show the video. Not only did the mom know about the party, but like Barrett was like, here, like you press the delete button. Like he, she should have known that Barrett would not have done that to her. No. And that's, I think what made me the most mad is that this whole third stage breakup, like really made her question his character for no fucking reason. Like there was no, he gave her no reason to ever make her have those thoughts about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, the thing is like going back to the apartment, he could have only renovated her, her unit. He, did he not renovated have to, everyone's unit. Every, the staircases, the rails, the security. Like that should show his character. And he didn't raise the rent prices either. Like it was the same price. Yeah. If I found out that like 
you were dating someone who was cheating on you that's a different scenario because we have a different level of friendship yeah I would hope that you would run to me oh absolutely but at the same like that's not what they had with Fred and Jenny it was a business relationship and they both found each of them to be a little insufferable so it's like unfair that Barrett got fucked over by this whole situation and I think it all and it was you had a little bit of miscommunication like I think that Chloe just got scared you can't get scared in debt yeah oh because he won her back on the the wedding right he flew yes. to the wedding he flew to the wedding and he was going to get on the ski lodge even though he's afraid and of he heights and he's so scared of heights cuz <laughs> he's is in the end he still told fred like he told fred cuz he was like none of this matters if i don't have chloe by my side well and fred was going to propose to frankie and he was like dude i cannot let you do this she's cheating on you and fred didn't believe him and canceled the deal anyways he was like well yeah I knew this would fucking happen. So let me fly my ass to this wedding and go on the side of this mountain to get my stupid girlfriend back. And later we do know that Fred found out about the cheating. Yeah. Stupid. I honestly like when a hot man is like scared of something. (laughs) I feel like it humanizes him a little. Like, yeah, have a little fear. I don't know. And being scared of height, like it was height. And yeah. I know that is a very valid fear. Like, he even flipped his shit when she was on, like, the ladder in the study, like, the library. <laughs> and it's, like, you, I was, like, because I love him when a hot man shows a little bit of vulnerability. And you're, like, that's even hotter. Yeah, I like him when they're a little scared. <laughs> okay, if you could fly anywhere for a 48-hour date, where would you go? I have a clarification question. Does the flight time count in the 48 hours or are you just wherever you are for 48 hours you are just wherever you are for 48 hours flight time does not count okay good that changes my answer I think okay I am stuck between three places (laughs) shocker Emily can't make a decision Venice I've always wanted to visit Italy Mm. like that has always been a dream of mine to visit Italy Iceland Mm. Or, like, Ireland. So I would do either Venice, Iceland, Ireland. What about you? I think it's maybe the Tarte influencer trip. I want to say Dubai. Dubai. (laughs) I don't know. Somewhere far as fuck away that I probably wouldn't ever want to sit on a flight for as long. Like, if you're going to whisk me away and fly me private, like, take me to the literal opposite corner of the world so that I don't have to ever sit on a flight that long again. Yeah, I want to go on a trip. That I would not be able to do if I was not dating you. Yeah. Like, like, like that's the kind of trip that I want to go on. Yeah. So that's why I'm picking Dubai. And again, I think it's just the Tarte influencer trip speaking, but it influenced me. That's where I'm at. But gotta put Barrett somewhere in our boyfriend pyramid. <laughs> so we have our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid. We have at the bottom, ultimate friends with benefits. You hook up a few times. Might tell your really close friends, might not. And then we have meet the parents as the next one. And then you have white picket fence. You have the two kids, the dog, white picket fence, and the red door. And at the top of the list, we have God tier, which is like, you just can't beat the men in God tier. So sad where you putting Barrett. God tier, 100%, no question. God, God tier. Him and, <laughs> him and like 
Christian Harper are roommates. So like, have we been back to back God tier? I think so because we <gasps> had um, oh, what's his name? Frat Col- boy. We had Colin. Oh my God, that's never happened that we've gone back to back. Uh-huh. We've been reading some good about some good men. I, we have. So, yeah, yeah God no, tier. Barrett is absolutely God tier. There's no question. <laughs> are you kidding no. me? You would have the perfect life with that man. It would always be fun, exciting. He'll always care about like what you want. Like he showed interest, so much interest in what Chloe does that like there was no red flags. I saw none. I like that you're talking about how sweet he is, and I'm like, you'd have an orgasm every day. He lives to go down. <laughs> like that's what was in my mind. He is such a dirty talker, but also I'm the one that had a butt plug stuck in her ass yesterday. <laughs> And he smirks. He smirks all the fucking time. Nothing's hotter than a man who smirks. We love a man who smirks. Mm. Yeah, no, he's God tier. Obviously. Obviously. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode for Reluctantly Yours by Aaron Hawkins. As you can tell, we are obsessed with this book. It was so good. Five stars, two and a half peppers. Next week, we're going to give the people what they want. Go a little small town. And read Flawless by Elsie Silver. This book has been really popular on Book Talk. It's about a bull rider. And it is pretty fucking hot. So we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed Barrett as much as we did. <laughs> Bye.